Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 Ninth Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grade School. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to us this morning. I'm Pastor Tommy McMurtry of the Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. We would love to have you come give us a visit one of these days. and We just want to be a blessing to you this morning, try to give you something from the Word of God that will be a help and a challenge to you, and always just like to do what we can to help get people in a good mood on Sunday morning. We want you all to go to church with a good attitude and a good spirit, and so... Maybe these little stories will help you. Uh, I always like to tell a couple jokes, but first one I'd like to do, there was a pastor one day, uh, one of his church members, he had a redneck church member, of course his name was Bubba, and he comes walking in, and pastor says, what's wrong Bubba? Bubba says, I need you to pray for my hearing. So the pastor puts his hands on Bubba's ears and prayed. When he was done, he asked, so how's your hearing? Bubba said, I don't know. It isn't until next Tuesday. Oh, uh, anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. I really like this one. I thought this one was pretty good. A couple on the leading edge of the baby boom began having problems remembering things. So they went to the doctor. After giving them a checkup, the doctor said that they were fine and should just start writing things down. Later that day, while watching TV together, the man got up to get a snack from the kitchen and asked his wife if she wanted anything. Yes, she replied. Bring me a bowl of ice cream. Okay, he said. Don't you think you should write it down, his wife asked. No, I can remember, he said. But I'd like to have strawberries and whipped cream on my ice cream, too, the woman said. Shouldn't you write all this down? I rated her husband, snapped. I don't need to write it down. I'll remember. About 20 minutes later, he returned and handed his wife a plate of bacon and eggs. She stared at it for a moment, then muttered. I knew you should have written it down. You forgot to toast. Oh, well, anyway, we're all going to be there one of these days. Sometimes I think I'm already getting there. But anyway, I hope you got a, a chuckle out of those. I thought they were funny. But this morning, I want us to go to Acts chapter 11, verse 20. I want to read a passage of Scripture to you. And then I want to ask you a question. And I don't want you to answer it too quick. This is something I want you to think about. And really take this serious. It's a very important question. And in Acts chapter 11, verse 20, it says, And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch who when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Partibus to Tarsus for to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people 
and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And the question I want to ask you this morning is, are you a Christian? Okay, now I, the question I asked was, are you a Christian? I didn't ask, are you saved? Okay, there's a lot of people that I believe are saved and even on their way to heaven, but I wouldn't call them Christians. And I know many times we associate uh, being a Christian with salvation. However, when we look at where they were first called Christians, where the disciples were first called Christians, we see that, that there was a reason they were called Christians. It wasn't a name that God gave them. It wasn't a name that Jesus gave them. It wasn't even a name they gave themselves. It was a name that was given to them. It was a name that other people who actually, from what, what many people believe, they were used it as kind of a derogatory term. They were trying to associate them with Christ who they didn't like. We see that same kind of thing happen today. People all the time, if they have a certain religious belief, many times they will get called a name maybe based off a person who is known for having uh, what some feel maybe is an extreme belief in one area. We see the same thing politically. You know, During an election year, many times people, uh, depending on their political beliefs, will get called some kind of name and associating them with a politician, maybe one that is considered unpopular and not and uh, unliked, and it's a very common thing for people to do. And many times, when you do get called a name of someone else, you can take it as an insult or a compliment. There are some people, if you associated me with them, I would be very insulted. But there's other people, if you associated with them, I would take that as a compliment. And I believe when they call, when the world started calling them Christians, I believe they meant it in a derogatory way. However, the believers took it as a huge compliment. And what a compliment that would be. For people to look at you and you know what? You remind us of that Christ fellow, that Jesus Christ. You know, y'all are just a bunch of Christians. Now you and I know if we're saved, that's a compliment to be associated with Christ. I admire men in the Bible like John the Baptist, who if you read through the Gospels, there was an instance where people thought that John the Baptist was Jesus. And there were also times when people thought that Jesus was John the Baptist. Imagine being mistaken for Jesus Christ. That I mean, what a compliment that is. And so being called a being a Christian is something that originally it was something that the world called them because their works, their message, it reminded them of Christ. And so when I ask, are you a Christian? Basically what I'm asking is does your life, do your works, do they resemble Christ at all? I'm not asking if you're saved. You know, you can be saved and be as backslidden as all get out and not be following Christ, not be obedient to his word. There are many saved people today that will not be in the house of God uh, today. That's not behavior like a Christian, like a follower of Christ. And a Christian basically is a disciple. The definition is a disciple of Christ or a follower of Christ. And so, as we look at Acts chapter 11, let's look at some of the things that they noticed about these people that caused them to call them Christians. And let's ask ourselves, are these things in our life? So the first thing that we see in Acts chapter 11 verse 20, it mentions that they were preaching the Lord Jesus. 
Okay, preaching the Lord Jesus. Are you preaching the Lord Jesus? Now, many people think that to preach, that means you have to be in a church standing behind a pulpit. That is not the case. Anyone can preach the gospel. Anyone can go and tell somebody about Jesus. Anyone who goes and they witness to their family member, when you witness to your neighbor, whenever you're telling people about the plan of salvation and about the Lord Jesus Christ, you are preaching the Lord Jesus. You don't have to be behind a pulpit. You don't have to have a crowd of people in front of you. You can preach Jesus to one person like Philip who preached Jesus to the Ethiopian eunuch, to one man. You are able to do that. And there are many people who call themselves Christians and yet you will never hear them preaching Jesus Christ. You'll never hear them talking about Christ. They have fallen for this line that the world has given us that you can have your religion, but you need to keep it to yourself. But here's the thing. Our religion is to be a follower of Christ, and that means preaching, telling people about Christ, proclaiming the gospel. That When you read the book of Acts, that's what they did. The disciples went everywhere preaching the gospel. And I believe if we're going to be a Christian and act like a Christian, a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ, we need to be preaching the Lord Jesus, preaching the gospel. We see also in verse 21 that the hand of the Lord was upon them. God's hand was on their life. It's clear, it's always evident whenever God is working through someone. See, you and I, we can only do so much in our own power. But boy, when the Lord steps in and... That's when things really happen. That's when you can really start making a difference. We need, you know, unfortunately today, many people and many Christians and many churches are doing all they can to figure out what kind of programs they can use to bring people in. You know, what can we do to be more attractive to the community? You know, what can, what, what are some great ideas that we can have to help us to minister to other people better and get the word out. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, trying to be efficient, trying to, uh, you know, be creative. However, the no matter how creative we are, if we don't have the Holy Ghost on us, if we don't have the hand of the Lord with us, no matter how great our program is, we can use the best ideas in the world and they're just not going to work. They're not going to accomplish anything that's of any real value. And the hand of the Lord was on them. Is the hand of the Lord on your life? Is it clear that God is working in your life? Have you been winning people to Christ? Or are you accomplishing absolutely nothing? The hand of the Lord was on them and everyone could see it. We see also they encouraged one another. Verse 23 says, uh, mentions Barnabas. He was known as a son of consolation. He was somebody that was always encouraging, always exhorting people. And it says, mentioning Barnabas, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. He just encouraged these people. He saw them doing good works and he just tried to motivate them. And let me tell you, I thank God for those who motivate other Christians. I thank God for people in my church that encourage me on a regular basis, that motivate me, that keep me going. And well, that's one of the reasons we you need to be in church. It's so important to be around God's people. They can motivate you. They can lift you up. They can exhort you and encourage you. And you might think you don't need it. But if you're so spiritual that you don't need other people's encouragement, then maybe what you ought to be doing is getting yourself in church because I guarantee you there's somebody there that needs your encouragement. 
And there's many people today that are discouraged, that are giving up, that are just quitting on God, quitting church, getting out of the will of God. And maybe they just need somebody to push them along, to motivate them, to draw them back in. And many people, though, who say they're Christians, who are many saved people, are doing nothing to encourage other people. Because let me tell you something, you know, being a good Christian sometimes comes with some trials and some tribulations. The Bible says all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And when that comes, boy, it is a blessing when you have somebody that's there that will put their arm around you and just encourage you in the Lord. That is something that Christians do. That is something that followers of Christ do. And you're not encouraging anybody this morning. If you're laying at home, not doing anything, not going to church, just watching your TV preacher, you need to get out there and you need to be an encouragement to somebody. There's many Christians out there that need you very much. And whether you want to admit it or not, you need them. Get in the house of God. We see also another thing about these Christians in verse 24. says, for he was a good man. Okay, He was, he was a good man. They were good people. Okay? Now, we all know that being good doesn't get you into heaven. We know that. That is very clear. But boy, you know what? If you're a follower of Christ, if you're a Christian, if you're one of His disciples, you're going to do good works. You're going to be a good person. We're not going to be reading your name in the police reports that you held up a gas station, you know, that you beat your wife or whatever. We're not, we shouldn't be seeing that kind of thing. You're going to have a good name. You're going to be somebody who's known for being honest. You're going to be the kind of person you pay your bills on time. You keep your promises. You know, you show up for work. You have a good testimony. You're honest in the things that you do. And many people who call themselves Christians and even people who are saved people sometimes have terrible, terrible testimonies in the world. They're the, I mean, people that they work with, they'd be shocked to find out that they were a Christian. I mean, there are some people, they're almost, they would be scared to death. They're, they are such terrible Christians. They're such terrible testimonies. They would be embarrassed if some of their coworkers came and visited their church and saw them there in the church because nobody would ever expect that you were a Christian because your works don't line up with Christ one bit. And we see that these people in the book of Acts, they were good people. And sadly, many people who call themselves Christians are some of the most immoral some of them i mean they have no character just terrible terrible people and let me tell you when you do that you make christ look bad you make your church look bad and a follower of christ a christian is not going to do that they're going to have the testimony like men like barnabas and these christians and or these believers in antioch we see also that they were full of the holy ghost what does that mean to be full of the Holy Ghost? Many people think that being full of the Holy Ghost means you're running around acting like a maniac, passing out, uh, you know, just lifting your hands in the air, yelling and screaming. Folks, that's not being full of the Holy Ghost. There is nowhere in the Bible you see anything like that. A person who is full of the Holy Ghost is somebody who literally, they are, they are in control by God. Everything that they are doing is exactly what God wants them to do. They are they follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. They are saying no to the flesh. We are supposed to be full of the Holy Ghost all the time. And it's something that many people, they think getting filled with the Holy Ghost, that's something that you do when you go to church and the music gets 
you fired up and you start yelling and screaming, speaking in tongues or whatever, that is not being filled with the Holy Ghost. Being filled with the Holy Ghost, that's just being completely submissive, completely obedient to the Holy Ghost, doing what He wants you to do. And a person who is full of the Holy Ghost is going to be accomplishing things. Many people, they miss opportunities to preach the gospel. They miss opportunities to witness because they're distracted by the things of the flesh. They're thinking about the things of this world and the Holy Ghost has a tough time getting a hold of them and maybe uh, pointing that person out to them because they're just not paying attention. They're not in a state of prayer. You know, the Bible says pray without ceasing. We ought to always be in a, in a state of prayer. You know, always ready to pray, always talking to the Lord, being full of the Holy Ghost is something that is so important and it is not something that's just done at church. You can be full of the Holy Ghost on the job. You can be full of the Holy Ghost while you're out walking down the street in your home. You can be full of the Holy Ghost and if you are, you're going to see some great and mighty things. Many One of the reasons we don't see a lot sometimes is because we're just way too in the flesh and we need people to be full of the Holy Ghost. That's what a Christian does. We see also it's mentioned in here in Luke or Acts chapter eleven. They had faith. Okay, many people who call themselves Christians are always down, always discouraged, always thinking it's the end of the world, just always giving up, never praying. And even if they do, you know, squeak out a prayer, they don't believe that God's going to answer that prayer. They don't believe that God's going to do anything. They have no faith. The reason many people listening today are going to sit at home and are not going to go to church is they're not expecting God to do anything. They're not expecting God to speak to their heart. They're not expecting to see a move of the Holy Ghost. They're not expecting those things because they have no faith. Yet many times they'll pray for these things. They'll go, they'll be in church one week praying for so-and-so to come and visit church, but then they're not even there the next, the next week to see if maybe the Lord answered that prayer and they're going to be at church. You know why they're not there? Because they're not expecting it. They have no faith. And a Christian has faith. They believe that God's going to do something. They believe that God's going to bless them when they're obedient. They believe that God is going to answer their prayers. They believe that when they ask Jesus to come in their heart, that He kept His promise and He saved their souls. They have faith. And so many people who call themselves Christians, they have no faith. And what a sad thing that is. And then finally we see that also in verse 26 of Acts chapter 11, it says, And when he had found them, he brought them unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves. That's called having church right there. The assembling with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Part of that great commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he says, Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Teaching things, okay? If you are a know-it-all, if you think you know so much that you don't need to go to church, that that church you go to, they can't teach you anything, if that were true, and I doubt that it is, but if it were, then you should be there teaching other people. You should be there mentoring younger Christians you should be out, if you really know that much, you should be winning new converts and then discipling them and training them to be good Christians. That's part of what we do as Christians. That's how we reproduce as Christians. We win other people 
to Christ. That is what a Christian is. That is what made them be called Christians. They looked at their works and they reminded them of Jesus Christ. And we see other examples in the Bible too. There were, um, in John chapter 8, we see Jesus was talking to the Jews and it says, and as he spake these words, many believed on him. In verse 30, then said Jesus unto those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Okay, when they believed on him, they were saved. But now to be a disciple, okay, to be a Christian, which was a term that had not come up yet, they needed to continue in his words. They needed to be obedient to him. Verse 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And so once again, we see how your works determine who you are a follower of, what you will be called. And many of the Jews that Jesus was preaching to at that time, they didn't believe what he said. And in verse 33, they answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou ye should be made free? See, they mentioned we're Abraham's seed. We are children of Abraham. We descend from Abraham. And then Jesus goes on talking about, you know, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And then in verse 37, he said, I know ye are Abraham's seed. But ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. He said, I understand where you come from. I understand who your father is. <clears throat> and then he said, I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. And the answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. See, no one has a right to call themselves a follower of Christ a child of God when they're not doing the works of God. And no one has the right to even call themselves the children of Abraham when they don't do the works of Abraham. And here these people, even though they were physical descendants of Abraham, Jesus basically tells them, you're not the children of Abraham because you, if you were, you would do the works of Abraham. And then in verse 40 says, But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Abraham didn't do that. Therefore, if you're his children, you shouldn't do that either. It also says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 5, says, For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also who trusted God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Did you know you can be called a daughter of Sarah if you are submissive to your husband? That's what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3. Why? Because Sarah was known for being submissive to her husband. So a woman who also is submissive to her husband can be called a child or a daughter of Sarah. A person who has faith can be called a child of Abraham because Abraham was known for his faith. And a person who does all these things that we talked about, a person who's preaching Jesus Christ, a person that the hand of the Lord is on, someone who's encouraging other believers, one who's a good person, full of the Holy Ghost, having faith, teaching others, all those things are associated with Jesus Christ and you can be called a Christian if you are doing all those things. And so hopefully you understand the question when I say, 
are you a Christian? I'm not asking if you're saved. I'm not asking if you're going to heaven. I'm asking, are you a Christian? And if not, if you're out there and you're saved, you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you don't need to get saved again. You can't get saved again. You can only get saved one time. But you can get right with God and start being a Christian. Start being a disciple. Start being a follower of Christ. And you can make a difference. And I hope you'll do that. We need you now more than ever before. We need, there's a lot of saved people that are out there that are kind of in hiding that aren't doing anything and we need you to get involved in the battle and help us as we try to reach the world with the gospel our nation is going downhill real fast and we need people to rise up and start speaking the truth preaching the gospel it's the only thing that will make a difference and i hope you'll do it so thank you so much for listening this morning i hope this was a help and a blessing to you and go out there and live like a christian live up to our name that we've been given Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. We hope you were blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word. For more information about Liberty Baptist Church, visit their website at experience-liberty.com or you can email them at libertybc2011 at att.net.